0: Hello, my name is Clint Humphrey. Welcome to the Hearth Podcast. Today, I'd like to talk about the Gospel Coalition, Together for the Gospel, and the state of Reformed Evangelicalism. And this is part one of a series. Like many pastors and watchers in the small, pan-Reformed ecosystem, I've watched with interest as the young, restless, and Reformed movement has changed. If you don't know, The Young, Restless, and Reformed movement were those so-called New Calvinists, that's another label, that had adopted this Doctrines of Grace theology while maintaining much of the outside appearance of mainstream evangelicalism. TGC, T4G, CBMW, and more acronyms have been the organizational fruit from that movement. The movement is even called, by another acronym, Why are our Young, Restless, and Reformed, for good measure. Of course, the Young, Restless, and Reformed are getting a little older now. These groups have had different objectives, but they tend to have that broad pan reform constituency. The first one, the Gospel Coalition, probably the most well-known, is, uh, is the one I want to talk about first. So I'm on the executive for the Gospel Coalition Canada. This is a broadly reformed complementarian group that is a coalition rather than a top-down episcopacy or a member-driven denomination. Within TGC's doctrinal limits, people can express wide ranges of opinion. There have even been disagreements within TGC. Of course, you can expect that when sinners are working together. However, disagreements are to be conducted, as D.A. Carson instructed the TGC Canada Council, they're to be instructed with kindness and charity. And so that's what marks out the Gospel Coalition as different than other groups. Let's look at Together for the Gospel as the next one. I was invited, along with Paul Martin, to continue leading a breakout session for Canadians at Together for the Gospel. And Together for the Gospel is a massive conference in Louisville, Kentucky, which happens every two years. T4G, as it's known, started in a hotel ballroom and has expanded to a conference center and now is a, a premier, the premier event, really, on the conference calendar as it fills out Louisville's basketball arena. I think they're expecting about 10,000 people there today uh, this this year. Before it was canceled, T4G has had controversy with the fracture between C.J. Mahaney and the remaining core men, Mark Dever, Al Moeller, and Ligan Duncan. And yet, T4G has adapted and grown as it has dealt with the controversies of the pan reform world. A third acronym organization is CBMW. CBMW, or the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Lots of letters there. With offices in Louisville, Kentucky, CBMW is an advocacy organization promoting biblically faithful sexuality, including roles of men and women as human beings collectively, and also as binary sexes, male and female. CBMW has been at the front line of responding to the sexual revolution that we've all been witnessing in the in the last century. My fellow pastor at my church, Gavin Peacock, is the international director at CBMW and we've had past president Owen Strand and current president Denny Burke speak at our church. The amazing thing about CBMW is that it is a very small shop, small budget, uh, not a lot of staff. Yet because evangelical feminism is so large and so influential in the mainstream church world CBMW is the target for attack. How how denominations relate to CBMW, how they relate to the Danvers Statement, the Nashville Statement, for example, how they relate to that is a good indication of that denomination's robustness in biblical and theological health. If a denomination rejects Danvers and Nashville, you can expect that they reject inerrancy that they reject sound theology and have tried to accommodate themselves to the spirit of the age. Now, this is just some initial laying of the land. Uh, Before I close this introduction, and I'll leave this series off for for another podcast, I just wanna include a a piece for you. I just wanna suggest it to you uh, to consider. And it's a quote from David Wells in his essay, The Bleeding of the Evangelical Church. This essay was a talk which David Wells gave, and which Banner of Truth subsequently published way back in 1996. Um, To show you how old I am, I met David Wells in Massachusetts soon after this, and he gave me a copy of the little booklet. Wells described the change that happened, that he observed, between post-World War II evangelicalism, and late 20th century evangelicalism. He said this, What shaped the church then, far more than it does now, was theological conviction about its character and purpose. What shapes it now, far more than it did then, is a marketing ethos. So you see that contrast. The contrast Wells makes is between theological conviction about character and purpose of the church, and the latter, the current mode at the time of writing, was a marketing ethos. What I would want to suggest to you, the listener and reader, is just to consider a discussion question. What are examples today of the neo-reform movement having either a, theological conviction, or B, a marketing ethos? In other words, has the neo-reform movement succeeded in stopping the bleeding of the evangelical church? So that's my question to you, just to open it up, and it's a very general question, but one I invite you to comment on. You can leave a comment here, and I will respond And uh, just want to encourage you to subscribe to hearth.substack.com, where Crystal, my wife and I, uh, we will continue to put out our Friday newsletters. Uh, This is sent out to subscribers. And so we encourage you, if you haven't subscribed and this has been passed on, you please subscribe or share it with someone else. And in that sense, you can ask me, is this part of the marketing ethos, even me asking you to subscribe? or is this just promoting theological convictions? I'm I'm interested to know what you think about it. So thanks for listening, and I look forward to the discussion.